0: Welcome back to another delicious episode of Cosmic Soup. As always, super stoked to have you on board. So, check this out. The BBC recently reported on a study that revealed the most common hobby for centenarians is, wait for it, gardening. Yep, that's right. And coincidentally, we're in the thick of summer, which means there's a ton of cool stuff growing in the gardens. So, to celebrate all things green, we're producing a series of podcasts on urban gardens located on senior living properties. Today, we have some amazingly awesome guests who are directly involved in urban gardening. We've got Rob Leinbach, Principal at Cadence Living, a company that develops, manages, and owns a national portfolio of communities ranging from upscale to a more affordable product. Cadence provides beautiful homes and thoughtful services to people living in independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Today, we're going to talk to Rob about their Poway California Memory Care Unit, Cadence at Poway. We've also got Roy Wilburn, the Horticultural Director at the Poway location. Roy manages acres of gardens right on site, works with residents in their horticultural therapy program, and also runs a sweet multi-generational program with students nearby. And as a chef myself, what I think is also very cool is that Roy and his team grow 10,000 pounds of food a year, some of which goes into the community kitchens to give residents healthy meals, and the rest is donated to food banks nearby. And of course, where would we be without the omnipresent and perpetually busy Cynthia Thurlow-Kruver? The answer is nowhere. That's why she's joining us in soup today as well. Not only is she an avid organic gardener, but she and her team here at Third Third worked on Cadence's branding. And if that's not an epic introduction to today's episode, I don't know what is. So Rob, Roy, Cynthia, welcome to Cosmic Soup. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Morning. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Well, we have a lot of really, really cool things to talk about today. So what do you say we just get into it? Uh, Rob, let's start with you. Uh, Because you're definitely a a newsmaker in this industry. I think the audience would love to know more about you and how you came to create Cadence with your uh, partner, Eric Gruber. And also, if you could, I know there's a really cool story about how the whole thing ties into music, which we all have kind of a musical common theme there. So why don't you tell us all
2: about that? Sure. Well, um, my, my exposure to senior housing really started as a consumer. Um, my mother, uh, started having, you know, some, um, early dementia issues, uh, in her, uh, late seventies and early eighties. And, um, so, uh, you know, I was, she was living in our family home that we grew up in. And I noticed that she, you know, was just sort of alone, um, shuffling through papers in her house um, and was lacking that, you know, engagement, that is what the human interaction and in our, our, our life is about. Um, and so um, I really started searching for a good place for her where she could sort of be revitalized. And, you know, I liken it to, you know, going back to college, um, being around your peers, having fun with your peers, and making sure that you're um, making the most of, of those years. And so um, you know, that experience was very valuable to me. And when um, I met my partner, Eric Gruber, um, and we founded Cadence, it was both of our intentions that the, um, the, the communities that we either owned or ran had to have a beat. They had to have a pulse. They had to be alive. It had to be fun. Um, and that's how we came up with, um, you know, Cadence. And, and we wanted our buildings to have that beaten rhythm. As Eric says, The feeling when you walk into one of our buildings should be the feeling that you feel and the energy you feel on the morning of Thanksgiving dinner, right? Everybody's running around, getting ready, excited. You feel the energy. Um, That's that's the way we want it uh, to feel. And um, Eric is a big lover of rock and roll music. I happened to have a stint as a failed uh, wannabe rock and roller um, in the band, (laughs) and so we bonded over that. And and um, you know, we you know, we want, um, as Roy said, you know, as we you know, uh, rock and roll. Let's let's have fun with Senior Howard.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I don't know if I'd say, you know, failed stint. Let's just say it's been put on hold for a while and you're on hiatus. I think that that sounds uh, more socially acceptable.
2: For some reason, the 18-year-old kids don't want to be me anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. You know, I've, you seem pretty awesome to me. So what are your thoughts about having uh, Poway Gardens in the Cadence portfolio of communities? And tell us about your decision to acquire this particular unique property.
2: Sure. Well, the key for us um, at Cadence is we wanted to be different. Uh, we want to be unique. We want to be pushing the boundaries of senior housing at all times. We want to be offering stuff that other people aren't offering. Um, you know, in particular, you know, the Poway property was interesting for a number of reasons. Number one, obviously, you know, the San Diego Poway area is fantastic, but this property sat on 32 acres. So you don't usually see that in senior housing and it abuts the, the Poway Hills, if you if you will. Um, it's got these beautiful, you know, natural setting uh where, you know, if I was a retiree, you know, I would love to be. Um so so that was the first attraction to it. And then, you know, the the community itself is unique in that it, it's sort of a continuum of care for those with cognitive impairment, right? Everybody talks about aging in place and continuum care in terms of senior housing in general, right? You come in independent, you might need some services and go to assisted, you might need, you know, memory care at some point in time. Everybody has that. But this was unique in that it was a continuum care specifically for people with early onset dementia and more acute dementia. So you could come into the community, you could be in one of the Um, you know, individual houses up against the mountain, when you were more active and had more space and needed less care. And then as the disease progressed, and again, I saw this with my mother, you need more care, then you could move over into a setting where you were receiving more care. And so um, you didn't have to leave the community. And then finally, um, you know, it has these beautiful gardens. um, And this horticultural program, Uh, Which Roy is running for us there, which was unique and different. And, you know, we could grow um, fruits and vegetables and, you know, put it on the plate. And then a great charity program with the community. We were donating food to, you know, help feed, um, you know, those in need. And um, what a great way to have that intergenerational programming where our residents are gardening and producing food for the community with the local school kids um, in the community. And, um, you know, that's just different and unique. and, and, And that's why it's a perfect cadence community.
0: Yeah. Well, you kind of gave us a, a brief visual description of, of the whole property, but if you can kind of break that down for us a little more, like if, if nobody's familiar with that, the area you're at, tell everybody what the property looks like. Uh, I think you mentioned 30, 32 acres. How many residential options are there?
2: Sure. So again, it's a unique community in that it has five basically single family homes and then two main buildings. Um, and you know, when you're talking to other operators out there, you know, or, or the capital partners out there, they look at that and go, Oh no. Right. Look at all these operational inefficiencies. Um, but we looked at it and said, awesome. Right. Um, you know, why wouldn't you want to, if you were just beginning to have cognitive impairment, why wouldn't you want to be in a single family home with five other people with your own personal garden to tend to And hang out with close friends and and have it make feel like a family. Why wouldn't you want that? And then the two main buildings are there um, that are more traditional, if you will, memory care type facilities, um, where it has a more robust nursing staff, it has um, you know, more care available. And so, um, you know, that's where you you are able to then move to if you need additional layers of care. So, you know, where a lot of the industry looks at it as inefficient, we looked at it as all of these additional abilities uh, to be able to serve our residents. Um, and the acreage around it just makes it, you know, that just a gorgeous setting.
1: It's stunning. I was there, um, I think I visited in January Right before all of this COVID madness started, and I'm so happy I got to go, um, I spent some time with Roy, which I think it's funny because Rob Roy is an amazing drink made with bourbon. (laughs) We've got both Rob and Roy here. Um, You knew I was going to go there, right, Mike? (laughs) I did. Um, But Roy, what we would like to hear about um, your background. And as the horticulturist for Poway Gardens, um, tell us how, you know, about your background and kind of what you do at Poway.
3: Well, I graduated. Hello, everybody. I graduated mathematics at a UCSD, which is kind of crazy. But um, uh, I fell in love with uh, this young gal whose father was a huge tomato grower in Baja, California. And he was looking for somebody to mold uh, and do a little uh, research and development for him. And I was supposed to be groomed for sales. I never got to that. I never got out of the, I never got off the ground. And, um, and so I loved Baja, um, ended up marrying the farmer's daughter, and uh, spent 20 years in Baja as a commercial grower in our family business there, uh, growing tomatoes and strawberries and peppers and a lot of the things you'd probably see in our garden today. And uh, then after kidnappings and running out of good water happened in uh, our area in Baja, we ended up expanding all the way up and down the Baja Peninsula, but uh, things started to get tough. So uh, I took a step back. My daughter was uh, at that age where I was able to give her a little one-on-one and coach her in softball. And, and, um, so I worked, uh, for a culinary herb place in Oceanside, California for three years, growing, um, about 16 types of culinary, uh, herbs and organic. And that's where I kind of was introduced to the world of organics, which we have utilized here in our program. And then, um, um I left there because then my son needed uh, a baseball, football, and um, wrestling announcer father. So I was able to um, work around my businesses and uh, be there for my children, watching them growing up. And luckily, they're both still here in the San Diego area, so that's awesome. Uh, and then um I was grooming myself to help out this greenhouse operation here. And after two years of waiting for it to get started, I said, I got to, I got to, I have bills to pay. So um, I just stumbled on uh, our facilities here uh, with the previous ownership. and, And that was right after my mother passed away with Alzheimer's. So I think uh, somehow I was directed here so um, so I came on board and I've been here over 10 years and uh, absolutely love it
1: that's what that's such a good story I love your background and I also love you know me being a, I'm a huge organic gardening fan and I love that you're organic there that's very cool. Um, and I, I really enjoyed our time together at your farm and in your greenhouse. Um, I, I was hoping that you could talk to us about the, you know, horticulture and gardening and being outside and seeing plants. When you um, think about how your residents are interacting with all of these things, can you talk about the, the benefits, you know, the science behind that and or the, psycho- the psychology
3: yeah, very, very easy to do. Um, we have a fairly intense horticultural therapy program here, which is an offshoot of one of the things I love the most about here, and that's our intergenerational garden club. And um, to and our intergenerational garden club consists of basically homeschool kids and preschool kids. And um, we have... A little garden here for them, and uh, they come and they work in the garden, and they do this twice a month. Well, they we're we're somewhat on hold right now, but they do this twice a month, and then uh, after they learn how to grow, they learn how to garden, and, and they're really really good at it. And a lot of the children that are involved right now have been swaddled by their mothers as they watch their uh, their siblings work in the gardens and harvest and 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 uh, do cultural practices in their little garden. The program has expanded to the point where. Um, It's all my gardens now. We have five organic gardens here. um, And even though we're on 32 acres, our gardens uh, probably are, well, there's 2000 linear feet. That's probably about uh, a quarter of an acre. So, um, but the kids work in my gardens too now. And then uh, they go to our greenhouse, which is an absolutely beautifully serene setting. And their grandmas and grandpas are waiting there for them. And uh, then it's just a love fest, love fest for about another hour. Um, they bond with their grandmas and grandpas. They do all the seeding for our crop. We, we seed everything in our greenhouse for our gardens. And, um, and they just have fun. And uh, they, they seed things that will eventually come into our gardens. They tell stories. They sing, poetry, and then we always end with uh, our version of last comic standing. Uh, we get the kids to vocalize themselves and become se- so socially more interactive. Some of them are really shy and, um, and they get over that after a while. And then they tell jokes and the, the residents love it. And uh, then we end with um, cutting flowers from our cut flower gardens. Roses, alstroemeria, uh, sunflowers, and then we generally would end with uh, hugs, handshakes, and high fives. But uh, we're going to have to find a different way to end those end those things. But, uh, that sounds like a dream. Like,
1: <laughs> I, sign me up. I want to go. Um, I grew up gardening with my grandmother. Like, I would hang out. She had this huge garden, and while she was doing her work, I would buzz through the raspberry patch and eat raspberries and then pod peas. And um, they always, uh, one of my favorite sayings is if you loved a garden, you were probably loved by a gardener. And so it sounds like you're creating a lot of nice gardeners there at Poway.
3: My mother had a green thumb. And again, I think she's watching. But uh, somewhere in the recesses of my mind, it's uh, her parents, which were from Sicily, and I remember being in my grandfather's garden and, uh, and just helping him. And It's like that godfather thing where Don Carleon's going through the tomatoes with his grandson. And it just brings back flashbacks all the time. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting a little help. I'm getting a little help somewhere.
1: That's so sweet.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Roy, would you mind listing for us quickly some of the top benefits
3: of horticultural therapy reaping the benefits of horticultural therapy you know we do all the time here and uh, they're the cognitive benefits where you're teaching new skills you're exercising memory and promoting positive thinking there are the physical benefits where heck you get out in nature uh, you increase your energy and endurance and more and what we really work on physically is the hand-eye coordination i mean try seeding lettuce, you know, that takes a bit of work. and uh, But uh, the kids and the residents can seed anything that we have in the greenhouse. I might have to do a little thinning out occasionally, but uh, the psychological benefits, you rezu- reducing uh, anxiety, stress, tension, And then you're stimulating the senses by touching, uh, tasting, smelling. And then those three benefits lead to the best one and that's the social benefits where you're, you're encouraging social interaction, you're helping build teamwork habits and all of our residents that love horticulture have it somewhere in the back of their memory, and, and and they get started. They get their hands dirty, and it reminds them of their grandmother's backyards. It reminds them being grandmothers with their grandkids in the backyard, and the tomatoes you pick off there, and you taste them, and and then that just leads, and then everybody starts to open up, and the the residents start to share things, and. Uh, that's the real magic that that is the real magic because they all come from different backgrounds, but you got blueberries in Michigan and Washington, you got cows in Texas, you got corn in Kansas, you got wine and grapes in California and uh, it's it's all there. It's all there and it, it, it's all about sharing those those uh, those things that are kind of lost.
1: That's so true. Um, really food. And growing food and farming and soil, it breaks barriers down. Um, and it just makes people feel comfortable talking. I, I think of potting peas or snapping beans and shucking corn, all of those jobs. You can have some really cool conversations while you're doing all of that. And I think also it breaks down cultural barriers, too. So I don't care, like, to your point. All of these things grow all over the United States but also all over the world. and at the end of the day, we're all just people. we all love to eat delicious food and we like to to grow things. so
2: I'm really good at eating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, well Rob, as the uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I think uh, I think I'm I'm probably pretty adept at eating myself. Um, as the Poway purchase materialized, tell us how your team crafted uh, Cadence's intention around keeping everything that was so good about the Poway Gardens um, and while adding your, your own new kind of Cadence-style components to it.
2: Sure, yeah. Well, we, um, you know, whenever we're preparing to take over uh, a community, you know, we make sure that we sit down with the families Um, and it became very clear to us um, and and Roy knows this better than anyone, um, became very clear to us that the families were super involved with this community. And again, a lot of other operators might go, oh, you know, what a headache. You know, we, we actually looked at that as, hey, that's a, that's great, right? We want, we want greater community, not just the senior community. So, Um, These guys are really engaged. They really um, love the the horticulture program that's going on. They love the family style of management um, that is occurring in this community and we have to keep that. Um, And then, you know, where it was a a mom and pop that owned it prior to, and, and he did a wonderful job at the community, but where we thought we could enhance the experience is through some of the, you know, more professional management, you know, perspective of technology and compliance and care, you know, policies and procedures and sort of, you know, it just increasing you know the you know professional uh, performance and execution of that um, and so you know uh, we, we've worked really hard to, you know, openly communicate with the families and make sure that, you know, we continue to all the things that were going well. In fact, our executive director there, Jay, is awesome about sending out a daily email uh, to the families and it's interactive. And so they feel engaged with what we're doing, you know, on a daily basis. Um, you know, I think Roy can attest that, you know, one of the unique things about this community was this horticultural program. And, you know, we wanted to definitely make sure that it not only continued, but we could add any enhancements we possibly could to that uh, to encourage, you know, more of that and more activity and support it. Um, And, um, you know, I think we've done a good job of that. um, Yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, Rumor has it
0: that you spent a lot of time in Europe during your college years did your time there uh, inform you of any of your philosophies around food or programming or the cadence operation today? Or I guess you know how did you find European life around agriculture and and how did that affect what you're doing now?
2: Um, great question. Not didn't expect that one. Um, it was not in college, unfortunately. That would have been very fun, um, but it was it was after college and before law school. Um, when I graduated, it's sort of it was sort of similar to the poor graduates today that. You know, it was a recession and there weren't any jobs. So, um, you know, what better thing to do than uh, shoot over to Europe with a backpack and, you know, cruise around and wait tables and teach English uh, to try and wait, wait out a recession. Um, it, it did a number of things to me, um, you know, s- some that are more applicable than others, but um, number one, it opened me up to the world, right? And different peoples, different cultures, different languages. And, you know, anytime your mind is opened in this world, it's a positive thing. Um, number two, the European appreciation for food is, um, you know, second to none, um, uh, uh, especially, you know, Roy's um, reference to Italy and, and, and Sicily. And, um, you know, there's nothing better in Europe uh, for a family than sitting around a dinner table and eating dinner for four hours. Um, you know, in, in America, we eat it in 15 minutes and we're distracted. Um, so I think the importance of the, um, the, the, Inter- social interaction and engagement around food and experience, and opening yourself up to different things um, were all lessons you know that I learned from my three years abroad. And um, obviously, this country needs to relearn a lot of those as well. Yeah, for sure.
0: And you know, it, being a chef myself, you you hit on quite a bit of stuff that i believe i mean there, there's a lot of elements you know when you sit down to eat there's a there's a social element there's of course the food element there's also a learning element kind of an all encompassing like you absorb things around you so that eating is not just you know physiological nourishment it, it really encompasses just so many other facets to make it an you know an experience if it's if it's done you know properly you know there's a lot of people that don't have access to, you know, the same thing. So I I think when you can put yourself in a situation where, you know, you have natural food in a comfortable setting and it's not, you know, full of, you know, crazy pharmacological additives and just all this stuff. And it's really from the earth. I think that's really the, the heart of kind of where I would like to see the food industry go back to is, is really just, you know, getting rid of all the all the modern fluff and just, you know, getting back to basics with that. So I, I think that's a, a really awesome experience. So thanks for sharing that. Um, what are your thoughts around the uh, intergenerational program
2: at Poway and what does it mean to you? I think it's extremely important and we, we try and create it in all of our communities. In this particular instance, Roy already had it created, right? So we inherited a, a wonderful again, community outside the community. Um, it, it, it takes a village and that village includes the young and the, and the aged. Um, and, um, again, I think other cultures do a better job of, um, you know, reverence for their, for their elderly and the wisdom that comes from the elderly, um, than we do in America. And so, um, And then on the other side of things, you know, being around young people keeps people young. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, there's benefits to both sides. There's benefits to the kids because they get to learn from their elders and they get to experience experience you know, and, and listen to, to sort of life lessons that they otherwise would not be exposed to. And then our residents get to feel younger and, and energetic and, and feel that, you know, human connection, which is so important. Um, and, you know, in this case as Roy, you know, you know, talked about the program I mean, how wonderful, right. The kids get out there and they work, right. They learn about the earth and they create and they, and, and then at the end of that, they go and get to, you know, have the time with their grandparents uh, where they, together appreciate that, and then they end it, you know, with laughter. I think that is, you know, just the quintessential, you know, awesome program.
1: Yeah, it's it's so perfect, because, you know, a lot of kids, especially in cities, they don't know where food comes from, and they don't know how food gets from the earth to the table. Um, when you just see food that shows up in plastic, it's like, well, how, how did it get there? <laughs> so, it's really cool that they're learning, how it grows and the work that goes into it. And then they think about the people who grow it. It's very cool. And one more thing I wanted to add on to that, Cynthia, because um, yeah. Roy,
2: Roy can go take it from here. The other important thing about this program at Cadence at Poway Gardens is the, the community aspect of donating the food. Uh, to charity um, and and how much is involved with that, because it's not just about, you know, doing it for ourselves. It's about giving, you know, to the, for the greater good as well. And so maybe Roy can expand on, on actually what happens to the food, what, what we're creating and where it goes.
3: Yeah. Right. Well, on that note, um, we will, we we tout uh, producing over twenty thousand pounds of fresh fruit, fresh organic vegetables, high quality, for our kitchen for the residents' menus, uh, and surprisingly enough, a very small amount of that makes it to uh, families in need in, in our area. But we uh, have land here and we approached a group called, uh, through Palomar Health, uh, we approached a group that that we had heard of called the Backyard Produce Garden Project, where it was people that would go to others' backyards and glean fruit, you know, you don't need a thousand lemons off your tree, and lemons and citrus and avocados, and uh, we combined forces with a group called the Friends and Family Community Connection. So all these all these fruits and vegetables they were collecting in people's backyards would end up to families in need uh, in the Palo Rancho Bernardo and Rancho Penasquitos areas, and, and, and which is all our neighborhood. And then uh, we asked them, "Well, we have extra land here. Would you would you like to take a stab at?" Actually growing some fresh fruit? I mean canned foods, dale, bread, that's 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 everywhere but so they jumped on it so we gave them a little 25 by 50 foot piece of land and they put in four 50 foot rows uh they came right back and said hey can we do some more of that so we put another one in and then we had some girl scouts from a local parochial school and they wanted to put it in gardens so we put another 25 by 50 foot piece one of our residents passed away her family gave donated a little money and wanted something in her remembrance and so we added a garden um, with the millie edwards garden on that so so basically we have a um, hundred by fifty foot uh, square piece of land where local benevolent volunteers come out daily and they tend the garden and they they'll produce seven to eight thousand pounds of fresh organic vegetables that look very similar to what we're doing in our gardens for our residents and uh, the, that gets distributed through the community and uh, as rob said community is the community involvement we i mean poway is extremely unique it's a very volunteer driven community and we get lots of support from uh, garden clubs and uh master gardeners and and churches and and uh but uh, it's nice to see these people learn, the, the, these older people learn how to grow in the garden. A lot of them have never grown before in their life and they're doing a stunning job and it gets distributed uh, very well to, to, to the community.
1: One more question. How, how do you interface with the kitchen and the, the cooks there? Like, how do you get the produce from the gardens into the kitchen onto the plate?
3: Okay. So, for example, this morning I harvested zucchini, gold and green, uh, gold and green zucchini. I take, I weigh everything. Everything I harvest, I weigh, so I could brag about my numbers at the end of the year. And um, and uh, so we weigh them, and then we uh, <laughs> we wash them off. Uh, I date them so that you know they doesn't get the inventory doesn't get all mixed up. And there's five crates of two-month-old zucchini hiding in the corner. And then uh, I've harvested green peppers, weighed them, washed them. Um, I harvest tomatoes twice a week. And, and for example, today I brought in two, uh, 80 pounds of tomatoes I harvested last Sunday. and uh, But I'm I'm in constant contact because I'm a pig. I'm in constant contact with the kitchen. So I bring the product up and we we talk. I tell them what's coming, what's not coming, what they need to order. When I'm running out of stuff, I basically told them today, look out. Peppers, are you're going to get slammed with peppers. And luckily, all the things we're growing right now, like uh, red, green peppers, Oriental eggplant, uh, zucchini, and the tomatoes, those are – and then we have an herb garden too, so you know they throw some, chop that stuff up, toss it in the oven with some olive oil and and some fresh herbs, and it's uh, it's quick for them to to prepare and uh, lots of soups. Like I mean, I we'll do four thousand pounds of tomatoes just in the month of July. So there's they know they. They know there's not a caregiver around here that doesn't know how to cut a tomato and squeeze the juice out of it and prepare it for uh, marinara and uh, tomato basil soup, vegetable soup. And then so that they can have all these you know, tomato-based stuff in the six months of the year. We don't have tomatoes. And conversely, they still have some broccoli and cauliflower soup in the, in the cold room that uh, they can utilize for this week's meal, even though it's not really soup weather. But, uh, um, yeah, just working close. And, again, we've been doing this a while that my planting plan always keeps them under pressure but not intense stuff where they have to throw it away. And even if there was more than – like I got a feeling I'm going to donate some peppers because I just you know, we start with the green peppers, the greens turn red, and all of a sudden there's a whole boatload of red peppers and those will end up to the, the families in need in the area. But uh the kitchen's good about using what what we have.
1: That's amazing. You guys are I've never heard of so many things going on at one community before.
3: <laughs> well, we we're actually tied in. When I first started, we uh uh, we were approached by a gentleman that needed to help at one of the local schools. Poway Unified School District has like 39 schools from elementary to high school. And um, so we went to give him a hand uh, getting started. And then, and then now there's like 25 to 28 school gardens. I don't know what shape they're in right now after the COVID deal, but we're involved with like well over 25 schools in our area and they know where to come to get advice, maybe a few extra plants and how to get started, where to get donations from seed companies and garden clubs and, and, and other things. And a lot of those schools now are also donating to our cause to help feed the community. So it's, it's, it's crazy how, how long it took to grow but it's expanding and it's going to get even more so, it's going to be even more so um, with this uh, current situation they're in right now, because every home and garden center is running out of supplies. Every seed company takes two weeks longer for you to get your seed. Uh, people are gardening, people are making bread, people are sowing clothes, but I think of all those, I think people would rather get back into the garden and doing things, uh, growing growing their own food.
1: Yeah. Well, also, I think that brings up a, an interesting subject, you know, COVID-19, where it's it here, and we think it's going to be here probably for another year and a half, maybe two, we don't know. So I think it, one of the, the interesting things that's happening at Poway is the food that you're growing is going into your kitchens and um, certainly having healthy, fresh food with antioxidants, blueberries, broccoli, that just helps our immune system to be, you know, able to fight off. Uh, viruses and things. So I think that's, that's really cool. Not to mention just the deliciousness of it. And I was wondering if you, we always think of a podcast, it's like a video for your ears. And um, Roy, if you could describe like what, from a resident standpoint, if I live at Poway and I come out and um, I'm going to interact with the gardens, how does that happen? Like what kinds of literal activities are happening with the residents in the gardens and then how do you make them accessible for older people like how does that that, that all work
3: yeah we um we have a what we call our horticultural therapy program and which is an offshoot from our intergeneration seed to table program because it. It was extremely obvious when I could see the residents just change, the minute they got their hands in the ground, the minute that they touched and smelled an herb and uh, and all the benefits uh, acquired through 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 horticulture. And um, so we have what we call our horticultural therapy program. We meet, it's a little bit different now. We're morphing into a different mold right now because we used to gather them up, uh, gather houses together. Now we're kind of doing it more one-on-one per house. but there we have uh, the five country style homes that Rob was mentioning, and there's a garden next to everyone and uh, everyone except one, one house, but we have uh, put little raised bed gardens in those. And um, so we get residents. Well, for right now we get like residents that want to participate in a particular home, generally meet at the greenhouse or generally go to the, to the gardens, and um, they, they work. They, we try to get them in the gardens as much as possible. In the children's garden, it's, it's well-centered for the elderly as well as the kids. I mean, if you go in our children's garden right now, we have, we have 42 cherry tomato plants that are like 10 feet tall, loaded to the gills with cherries, and then uh, now the corn's growing too, and that's another ten foot crop, and so it's just a jungle in there. And they just love getting in there, and they love picking, and they love harvesting. Everybody loves to pick and harvest and eat, and th- that's what they do in the gardens. The kids in the gardens love that. I mean it doesn't have to be cooked. They've learned to eat corn raw. They've I mean, they'll pull kale leaves right off the plant and eat it. And uh, but the most of the gardens except for maybe two of the small gardens are very easily accessible to the to to the residents and we try to change those with recommendations with the master gardeners in our area that uh, devote time to that and give us tips but you, very easy to walk in and we don't take uh, we don't take those that are that require a little extra help uh, in the ambulatory world but uh, they they can get in they can get in and we keep a very close eye on them so residents are brought to us uh, to either the greenhouse or the gardens and uh, we we go from there but uh, the benefits the benefits from the you know again it was I had never heard of horticultural therapy until I saw what we were doing with the kids in the residence, and then that just exploded into uh, to another facet of what makes us uh, unique in the world of horticulture.
2: I need to get my uh, kids to the garden if they're if you got kids eating kale. <laughs> <laughs>
3: It's crazy, it's, yeah, right. It, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, uh, they love broccoli. I don't remember loving broccoli when I was a little kid, but but it's uh, you touched on it, Cynthia. It's the the flavor, and I was all, I also had the experience when I was growing in Baja to go to go to europe and even though we were commercial growers commercial in a sense non-organic all we cared about is getting the biggest most per acre up to the u.s to command the, the best dollar flavor is not part of the show flavor you know that's that's secondary but you go to europe and you go to the, this is pre-farmer market world in the United States. So you go see the little farmer market type setups there and you go to operations in Spain and Israel and and Germany and, and, and Amsterdam, I mean, the Holland and flavor is a big deal. Flavor is a big deal. And I think that kind of just stuck in my head somewhere and then when you grow organically and and your clientele happen to be the residents that live right next to you and it goes to the kitchen and it's on their meal the next day or two uh that's that's all flavor right there
1: yeah, sunshine turns to
0: flavor. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually, I think we have to brand that, Cynthia. Sunshine turns to flavor. Uh, you're the branding expert. That's your job. So, uh, hey, Rob, have you had a chance to uh, quantify the economics around this program? Uh, you know, do you actually count how the fresh organic foods actually offset, say, the food cost in kitchens or other kinds of operational things like that?
2: Sure. Um, and, you know, obviously most every senior living community has an activities budget, has a food budget, you know, um, and has a u- utilities budget, et cetera. Um, you know, w- with this horticultural program, you can use some of your typical activities budget towards, um, the activities around the programming, because what's, what better activity could there be? Um, you do have, uh, a, a reduction in, obviously, you know, purchase food costs because you're, you're, you're growing it yourself. Um, You know, but you, you have the expense of uh, the utilities and the watering and the things like that. And then you of course um, have, you know, the key, um, which is Roy, right. Um, And so you have an an added personnel expense that other communities wouldn't have. Um, But from our perspective, you know, what you trade in an additional expense is you, you trade, you know, the desire to be there, right, which is, you know, leads to census. And so, um, you know, would, you know, I I look at it again, I I try to and maybe it's just because of my experience, I try to color all of my thoughts as the consumer. And, you know, would I want my mom to be in a, in a place where she could go out and garden? um, The answer is a hundred percent. Yes. So I'm going to choose a Poway gardens over, you know, a typical community every time. Um, And so to me, you know, you could look at it also as marketing dollars if you want to. Um, But um, um, you know, it's about the, at the end of the day, you know, senior housing has had a lot of new players in the industry. Senior housing has had a lot of new product built. Um, There was obviously a concern about oversupply, you know, pre-COVID. COVID COVID has slowed that some. Um, But, you know, at Cadence's opinion, you know, there's going to be some winners and losers, and the winners are going to be the ones that people want to go to, and people will have that experience, and people love being there. Um, And so the value, from my perspective, to the horticultural um, uh, program here is – you know, um, is way outweighs the cost.
1: I'm going to chime in really quickly, Mike. That from a marketing branding uh, standpoint, it's a dream to have that these subjects to um, promote and communicate about re- relative to memory care. It's like it's so rare. I it's exciting.
0: Yeah, I I, I would I would definitely agree. I mean, it, it's it's something different, and it's kind of one of those you know you like drink the v8 and slap your head like duh you know why aren't we all doing this kind of a thing but i think a lot of people maybe get scared of the logistical side of thing but from what i'm hearing from you rob is like it's definitely manageable because you're you're doing it you know so i think you know there's probably just not the information out there that people know how to process um but yeah it's Absolutely amazing. It is it is a dream come true to even just see that happening as a way to kind of build awareness and build census. Do they still make
2: VHs? Yeah, I drink it all the time. <laughs> Man, that's the first time I heard V8 juice in probably 30 years. I got to go start drinking. I'm
0: old. I'm old, I know. And those commercials, <laughs> they, they always stick with me. I don't know why, but uh, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> V8 reference, done. Check that off my bucket list right there. Um, <laughs> so, so Roy, for, for other senior living operators who might be listening out there in podcast land who maybe don't currently have a horticulturist or a horticulture program, but would like to get one, how would you suggest they go about getting that ball rolling? Oh,
2: wait, Roy, don't give away our secrets, and We don't want other people doing it. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll give him 80% Espionage. of the truth. Well, again, horticultural therapy is now uh, very uh, has expanded a lot in the last 10 years, and uh, there are entities like the American Horticultural Therapy Association, which actually came to us. And they saw what we were doing. And uh, they have a uh, program where a person become accredited as a horticultural therapist, and so that might be a way to to get started. But um, but really not necessary. Any activity staff with just uh, googling a few things and. Uh, you know, flower arranging. We 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 do a lot of flower I mean with one of the the garden clubs I'm involved with, we go to Trader Joe's twice a week and we get all their There are flowers that are destined for the dumpster and we get those flowers at no cost and we bring them to the house as the the residents face light up and they arrange flowers. And then next week they're dead and we got new ones coming in. Um, Working with herbs, working with, you know, just flowers. It doesn't even have to be produce. I mean, I'm fond of produce, but uh, just it's, it's, you just kind of got to do it. You just kind of got to get into it and uh, get started. But uh, there are people there to help you, uh, local garden clubs. I mean, we have, uh, we have uh, 26 garden clubs in our general area around here right now. It's like the largest in the, in the United States, our area. And uh, garden clubs, master gardeners programs, um girl scouts boy scouts um there's there's a lot of places you can go to but i would you know local home and garden centers they would be helpful i mean donations here donations there that's it's, it's uh, you just kind of got to reach out and, and think a little bit but uh there there there's a lot out there to be to help
1: yeah, I think that checking out the local garden clubs, um, you know, finding volunteers. So many communities have raised garden beds and sometimes I buzz through them and use, and they're not being used. In fact, um, sadly, where my mother lives, they're not using theirs. They're full of TNC weed and it makes me crazy. <laughs> um, so Rob, I wanted to ask you, You know, you have a lot of experience in this industry and your national presence. And um, if you do you have any thoughts for other senior living owners um, or operators around programs like this or any tips or advice for them? Like, you know, if somebody came to you and said, hey, Rob, like, how do you guys do it? How are you creating this programming? That's so amazing. um, What would you say?
2: Um, I'd just say be different be daring be don't don't do the same thing don't be afraid of you know a little bit of marginal cost um, you know go disrupt the industry go um, you know look forward and progressive um, you know you know in this case it you know it happens to be you know the, the unique thing happens to be the horticultural program and the layout and the acreage but in a different community. Um, you know, the unique thing is something entirely different and go and go run with that and make that special. Um, and, you know, um, cause I, I think that, um, you know, we all just need to look at it as, as if we're in that, as in the community as a resident, what would we want and why would we want to be there? Um, so I would say, you know, dare, dare to be different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, but you know something too—the sunlight. Just having sunlight in the daytime, um, memory. People who have dementia will sleep so much better at night. And I'm, I'm guessing, I'm channeling this that it reduces the, the need for pharma as well in some residents. So kudos, you guys are so creative. You're always, you're, you are disruptive. You're disruptive to the industry, and um, we love everything you guys are doing.
0: I remember back in the day when they used to s- tell me in school that I was disruptive and <sighs> that <laughs> that was a bad thing. And now I look at it like I think it's epic. And so I would like to just tell the entire world and all of my teachers back in school, I wasn't disruptive. I was changing the standard, just so you know. <laughs> so I'm going to take credit for that. <laughs> 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 so uh, Okay, Roy, here's the deal. Cynthia has this thing that she loves to do, which is ask all of our guests this question. And then Rob, we're going to get to you on this one as well. And the reason we ask everybody this is we kind of like to have a baseline and compare answers and see how much similarity there is in the world and, and how many differing ideas there are as well. So Roy, if you were going to build the perfect community for yourself as you reach you know, 65, 75, 85, whatever, what would your dream community be like? What would it consist of? How would it operate? What would it have in it? Give us all those fine details.
3: Okay, I'm trying to collect a politically correct answer here. Um, good food. I'd have to <laughs> I'd, I'd have to continue gardening. I would need to watch sports. And uh, music therapy would be part of it, too. So, well, would they give you wine, Wine, women and songs, something like that, maybe?
1: (laughs) Well, being a lead singer... Uh, uh, For a Nirvana cover band, I'm guessing there might be some Nirvana in your community, too.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, we uh, – we, yeah. I, I, I've i avoided the karaoke uh, sessions, but, uh, yeah. There's – you know, a lot of the hospice companies offer uh, <laughs> music therapy, and uh, that's magic, too. I mean, I always, people ask me about the therapy, and, it, and I just say it's magic. And you see the same things with music, so –
0: Well, Rob, then, why don't you... Uh, enlighten us with your wave the magic wand dream community, and I'm really curious to get your perspective, being as you're somebody who's right there in the middle of it every day as well.
2: Yeah, I think I, I might use a a, a a cheesy word. It's probably batted around too much, but holistic is the word, right? Um, it's 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 got to have everything, right? I think the ideal community has, you know, encapsulates the the natural benefits of the of the world. Um, and also brings together the activities and connection of human beings um, and puts it all into one place for, for many different um, types of individuals that can, can choose what they want to do, right? You just heard what Roy wants in life, right? Where, um, Sally might want something in completely different and live in the same community. And um, she needs to be able to you know, feel fulfilled as well. And so, you know, I, again, I use the analogy of my mom going back to college Um, because it resonates with me, right? The courtyard at a senior living community should feel like, you know, the quad um, at at university and, um, you know, people gathering, um, talking about different things, you know, um, enhancing and learning uh, daily, even at, you know, an advanced age. Um, You know, again, my mom went from, you know, doing nothing all day, you know, um, to, you know, three different boyfriends in her first two years right? And it's like, good, (laughs) go mom, right? I mean, that's the whole point, right? Wow. And, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy your life. And so for me, it's all about, it's about that holistic engagement of experience, you know, within the community. And um, frankly, you can create that, you know, anywhere.
1: Yeah, some intention and creativity, you can, you know, get a lot done. And I think three boyfriends in one year is impressive. That is like college. (laughs)
0: that was
3: the 70s that's one week (laughs)
2: i thought i was my wife's first boyfriend
3: i don't
2: know yeah
0: right well cynthia is there anything else that you wanted to to add to this today didn't you want to ask something about what's growing
1: right what's growing in your garden right now
3: um we are just went Mid June is our peak season, but we produce stuff every week. And uh, but right now, it's all, all our summer favorites. Uh, we got tomatoes, green and red bell peppers. Actually, I grow Spanish type. Um, we have Oriental eggplant. We have squash. We have butternut squash, zucchinis, um, and we just. Harvested our last lettuce for the next couple months because it just gets too too hot to to try growing that. But uh, we're right around the corner starting our fall our fall winter stuff, which would be broccoli, cauliflower, lettuce, broccoli, cauliflower, lettuce, and lettuce, broccoli, and cauliflower. So <laughs> uh, we have all the, all the spring stuff right now. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, we could grow a lot more, but it's something the kitchen would have to wrap their head around. And, and uh, uh, sometimes, well, I get to experiment in the children's garden with the kids. So where I
1: what do to- the, do the residents help you harvest the food?
3: Yeah. Depending on, you know, we have waves of, uh, abilities that seem to come through here not too long ago there were a bunch of men that were very uh very capable and that was my that, you know that they would help me harvest tomatoes and that means going down the row picking them off putting them in a bucket that holds 20 pounds and taking it to the end of the row and picking it up and and uh but uh, it's right now. It's it's more get them into like the, the children's garden where you know cherry tomatoes. You can sit there and pick a thousand cherry tomatoes and not really have to move too far and and uh, but yeah, they we get them uh, doing whatever they're capable of in the garden. We experiment. So yeah.
1: That's wonderful. I would. What's better than sitting in a patch of cherry tomatoes? And they probably eat one once in a while. Well, have, we
3: t- it's two in the mouth, one in the bag. <laughs>
1: That's how huckleberry picking goes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to thank both of you for your time today. Uh, this is part of our summer horticulture series, and you're one of several organizations that we are talking to we're also talking to elder grow which is um they have an amazing product that um, offers gardens for inside when uh, people might be limited to a skilled nursing environment or um, a a closed system or building and um Anyway, we just really appreciate what you're doing. I love your gardens. I'm going to come back there when I can fly again. (laughs) And uh, you guys rock on.
2: Love it. i strong.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you both for joining us today. And we're going to be really excited to share this with the universe and and bless you both for doing what you're doing and uh, making the world a better place. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks, of course, to all of you out there in listener land for joining us again on this journey through the cosmos. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Lastly, make sure to send your questions, comments, and ideas to Cosmic Soup at 3rd3rd.com. We love your feedback. So thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon on Cosmic Soup.